Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the God-Centered Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. In this episode, number 201, I'm chatting with my friend Courtney Smallbone about the day fear died. I feel like as moms, we have... We have a lot of fear and anxiety. We carry a lot. You know, we, we have these little people that we're in charge of and discipling. Man, it, it gets exhausting and it gets hard and we're thinking of everything. And I just love, I just felt like the Lord just filled me with himself, like as a mom, like, hey, you know, I have I have given you not the spirit of fear, you know, but of love and power and a sound mind. And I needed a sound mind when I was struggling with anxiety. He gave me a sound mind that he has given us power through his Holy Spirit. And to walk that out as a mom in everyday life just really hit me hard. So often my imagination leads my fear, worried about things that could happen. Well, in Courtney's case and what you're going to hear today, you're going to hear some really hard things that actually happened to her rare diseases that she that almost took her life her husband Luke who's a lead singer of for king and country how he was very sick and she wasn't sure he'd survive her own child's life and the miraculous oh my goodness I can't even put words to it you're just gonna have to stick around for what happened there and overall this fear and anxiety that was a theme throughout her life and yet God freed her from it and she has hope for all of us she has a word for all of us she is going to pray over all of us you don't want to miss it she also inspires us to train our kids in the way of Jesus through worship through prayer and even has a word of encouragement for the gal whose husband travels it's good stuff but before we get to that I want to share with you this month's sponsors. Y'all remember in last week's episode, Jim and Lynn Jackson came on from Connected Families and they talked about entitlement and what it is and this belief that we as parents can have and our kids can have that we deserve more, like we just automatically should get it, that we're better than others. And how do we how do we help our kids have a heart that desires to serve and to work hard? If you're curious obviously listen to last week's episode. But if you want to know more, they have this online course that's helping parents break this cycle of belief and entitlement and and get some right attitudes in our homes. They do it in such a grace-filled way. You want to check it out over at godcentermom.com forward slash entitlement. It's four sessions. You can watch them whenever you want. Uh, You have forever to watch them. There's no, it doesn't have a time out. So you can purchase them now. It's $23 and then take as long as you need. Watch as many times as you want. Uh, Right now it's being moderated, but so you can ask questions and someone from Connected Families will answer you and you'll you'll get support from other parents going through the same course. Uh, Like I said, I love Jim and Lynn. I love their biblically-based approach to helping us train our kids in such a connected way. Um, So check it out, godcentermom.com forward slash entitlement. Let's get to my conversation with Courtney. Go grab the Kleenex. Here we go. Hey, Courtney. Welcome to the God Center Mom Podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I love moms. I love you. So, <laughs> well, and our time wasn't long enough when we traveled together. Oh my um, we were we were just just hitting the good stuff. Um, so I'm excited just to have time to talk with you and hear yeah. more of your story. Yeah, see, when we were in Israel, it was your birthday, and I got you a cookie. So we were friends so from the sweet. start. 
I mean, the best, truly. I didn't think, I thought, oh my goodness, how amazing to go to Israel on my birthday. I didn't think about the reality of actually spending my birthday in a hotel room with a bunch of strangers, (laughs) meeting in an airport, like not really a glamorous, like exciting day, but you all like bumped it way over expectations. So honoring. So sweet. We tried. So sweet. Well, it's great to have a fellow boy mom on the show. And why don't you take a second and introduce everyone to your family? Yes. So I'm Courtney Smallbone. We have a weird last name. Everyone kind of laughs at it. And I have three boys. So it's just, it's weird. <laughs> It's great. Uh, Luke is my husband and he is in for King and Country. So Christian music. And um, we're kind of a crazy family that travels together and I have a five-year-old Love it. dude, a three-year-old named Phoenix and Leo is eight months old. So we are living life in the country. They're semi-naked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. So jealous. And, uh, so jealous. Yeah. So that's a bit of our life. It's a bit peculiar, but I love it. Mm. Uh, we love Jesus. So we're doing the Jesus life. So sweet. We, My second son and I were just watching YouTube videos of him and his brothers when they were the ages your boys are now. And it just like brings it all back. They're so cute and sweet. But we were like in our house in the city. And I can only imagine the sweet memories being made out in the country with three young boys. It's amazing. It, it, gets, it gets crazy. There's <laughs> there's worms. And, and I caught two mice this morning. No. And so that was really, yes. <laughs> really exciting. They think I'm so awesome because I'm the mouse catcher in our family. It's good to have a role. It's and I, <laughs> it scares Luke and I kind of wave it in his face. It's, it's real great. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, your story started before you even married into this yeah. small bone family. Uh, I did a little research myself, like I told you, and it turns out God has been working on your heart and doing some things in your life um, for a while, which he has with all of us. But tell me about when you were um, in your teens and you kind of went through a a really hard season, which probably up to that point was, I'm guessing, the hardest you'd been to through. Yeah. You know, I um, grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor and I always just had a hunger for the Lord. Um, I worked at the church at a young age, but I went through a season where I really wanted Jesus to be an everyday Jesus. And um, we were in a mega church, and there's no offense to mega churches, but it felt really blown up and big and shiny. And I felt really lonely. Mm. And uh, like, how can Jesus be in my everyday life? Because this feels, um, I guess, just distant. And yeah. so through that, I, um, I started, you know, I was 18, 17, really when this happened. And I was like, Lord, if you're real, I really just need you to like, show me who you are. Mm. Otherwise I'm just done. Like I'm done. So I technically told myself I became an atheist, which that's just crazy, but I did. <laughs> um, so I kind of just abandoned my faith and, um, just was hurt, broken, I had a root of bitterness. And after that, I, uh, a few days later, I couldn't get out of bed hmm. and it just kept getting worse, worse. We thought we had the, I had the flu. Um, and then at one point my parents found me in the bathroom and I was 
pretty much half dead. And I remember my body kind of shutting down and remembering the scripture of all who call on the Lord, um, the name of the Lord will be saved. And it really hit me in that moment. I felt, I felt like you're here. I feel your presence. Like, I know you, I know you're tangible to me. Like I felt him. And I, from that moment on surrendered my life and I called on the name of the Lord. And literally I came back to life. I, I could feel my legs. I could see again. I, I really had a moment where I saw my life flash before my eyes because I had a rare disease at that point and didn't know it. We all thought I had the flu and, um, I saw my life and I saw really what was important. I saw, um, just how I've been living and just more of who the Lord is. And so I went to the hospital and they figured out I had a rare disease called Lemire syndrome. It's like one in a million, uh, not the kind of million you want to be. And I was 18, you know, at 18, you feel like your life's ahead of you and Mm -hmm. you're going to school and you're going to be independent. And I kind of did the opposite. I, I, um, I got my life back. I healed miraculously through prayer and through um, just the hospital. We learned to walk. We learned to breathe. Um, yeah, so literally that is one of the big moments in my life where um, like a stake in the ground where I felt Jesus, like literally after that, like finding Jesus in the hospital, I was like telling everyone about him. <laughs> so it literally just changed my life, changed my, um, my essence of sorts. And, uh, yeah. So I felt like a new, new creation, new person. He became real to you. Like you were asking him, like become real to me. And unfortunately it required <laughs> real sickness, real physical, like loss. Yes. Yeah. I feel like, um, the Lord allowed this, um, storm to happen Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm so forever grateful, uh, Mm -hmm. just to to know him, but like to see him move. Um, he did miracles in my life that I think I needed for my life today. So I, I know more of who he is and I can see that walked out in my life. There was a lot of pain then and pain after, but I can see the fruit now in my life, you know, as a wife, as a mom. Um, so literally that's kind of my first, uh, beginning of the story was, Hey, so everyone kind of knew me as the diseased girl that like got her life back. That's great. It's awesome. (laughs) So how did you meet Luke? When did you meet Luke and and start oh, dating. I, I remember loving hearing the story, but I mean, I don't know if you want to go to the whole story, but like, how old were you? Uh, I was 19. So yeah, we were fresh little babies. <laughs> um, 19 when I met him, I actually met him and ignored him the first time I like visited in town to my sister. And he remembers me as the girl that didn't talk to him and that caught his attention. Everyone loves him. And he's just so golden. Like he's so amazing. So Mm -hmm. he remembers me as the girl that didn't talk to him. And then after that, a few months after we started talking, I was, uh, I was managing a shoe store and he came in with, um, broken shoes, which I was like, how did you break these shoes? (laughs) And, uh, I was like, how does this happen? These are nice shoes. Don't use those to play football. Um, and our families knew each other. So my dad was a pastor at the church and, 
his parents knew my parents, but of course I was like, oh, I don't want to have like this arranged thing, like whatever, (laughs) figure this out. Right. Uh, and I was kind of in a a man hater mode, like Alanis Morissette, chop your hair off. Like, (laughs) I don't mean nobody like kind of mode. Well, you're just, you just resurrected basically. So you're kind of like on fire for just living out your life. You're not really looking to hook up with someone and settle down. No. No. Yeah. No. And especially in Nashville, I was like, I, I told myself, I said, I am not going to date a musician. Can we just all? <laughs> Which is guarantee that you will date a musician. And then, hey, we met and I, I started talking to him and I was like, this, I, I actually felt like I had to apologize to him because I was like, mm-hmm. I misjudged you and you have a beautiful heart and you're not all about yourself because we would serve in the youth group together and I would lead worship and he would lead worship and we would do our small groups. And we kept like taking this sibling, uh, these siblings home and their brother and sister. And we'd run into each other all the time, kind of doing the same things. So it kind of grew from this sweet little friendship and then we just were like, oh my goodness, we love each other. <laughs> and then he had to marry me like in three months after he proposed, which. Wow. I, like, Amazing. I know. And that's not who he is. He's very um, methodical. Yeah. And calculated. And yeah. 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 So I was like, wow. Okay. And um, we got married. We traveled <laughs> like gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> we really did. We still kind of do, but it was, it was harder back then. Um, yeah, Lukey, he's my best friend. How long have you been married? Eight years in June. Okay. So you married eight years and you're traveling around and was the band happening then? So you're traveling with the band or no? So literally they were Joel and Luke at that time. So they weren't even in Christian music. They were kind of forming who, who they were. So yeah, I was, yeah, there from the beginning. So you, you were there. You were a fangirl from the start, and you, so you—they're—they're they're getting for King and Country going. Uh, how far into your marriage do you have your first baby? So literally, I was pregnant with Jude on their first um, Proof of Your Love tour. I was so large and in charge <laughs> and running, doing their lighting, Stop. doing their compassion. We were traveling in a van. Um, and then, was, you know, full was, circle when I saw you a couple weeks ago, Jude, your oldest was doing the lighting. So that's, that's right. He did a song. That since, he's been trained since utero. I mean, he is knows the business. He knows the business. He, knows he gets it. He is precious and like introducing himself. Do y'all train oh, your yeah. boys to look each people in the eye and like introduce himself? Yes. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you are your own person. Like, introduce yourself. But Jude's very, very serious about it. I'm Jude James Smallbone. I'm Jude James Smallbone. Like, can go down the line and so shake awesome. hands. That's thing. so good. I loved it. I did not even think to train my boys to do that. So way to go. Um, so you are with Luke. You have your first baby. And how far into that marriage did, did Luke start to get sick? He literally had colitis um, October 2012, so I was still very pregnant with Jude. So literally, he was struggling with that while we were traveling in a van, which was just like mm-hmm. horrific. It was horrible. Yeah. Um, so he was pretty sick, but then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and bottomed, bottomed out really um, where he couldn't, he couldn't walk anymore. He, he got down. He's like 
six, 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 five. He got down to like one twenty five um oh, in stars. weight. It was it was crazy. So it was a life um because you know you're concerned about your heart, you're concerned about him just keeling over at that point. So he was bedridden, I think, for three months where I had Jude as little baby and I was taking care of him and just, you know, we were trying everything, you know, with, with autoimmune, I think it can be a lonely road because it's, it's not just a one size fits all. It's not a, um, quick fix. It's you're trying different things. And typically it's a combo of what needs to happen. Mm. So yeah, and we I, were, I know there are moms listening right now that have this and have auto, tons of moms reach out to me that have autoimmune disorders um, and also women who are caring for their husbands and their babies. And it is so, so much. So what were you thinking and feeling at this time? And did it bring you back to your own sickness when you were 18? Yeah. So it, it, it wasn't pretty. I, um, I felt like I was really carrying the, our family Um, typically when you're in a healthy marriage, it's an equal, it's an equal carry equal load. Sometimes it changes in different seasons, but I was shouldering, shouldering it all. And I think I just kept my nose, like literally I would have to keep a book of, you know, how much he ate, you know, all the medicines, how many milligrams, like I was his nurse. So I was very focused driving him to doctor's appointments, but then it was after he started getting a little bit better. It really hit me. And I started having horrible anxiety attacks. Um, it kind of re-triggered into my stuff I didn't deal with as a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. So just post-traumatic stress just started going crazy at that point, which I'm like, now we're a party, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it just triggered into that. and um, But then at that point, I couldn't totally share it with him. I didn't want him to, um, he wasn't really stable enough to kind of, uh, feel that as well. So I held it for a long time until literally I couldn't anymore, which that's not always pretty either. Kind of just burst out really like I'm broken. I need help. I, I really need to get my, I need to heal from a big root that I didn't know was there. So what did that, how did that look on a day-to-day basis? You come it all coming out. And what help did you get? It came out with, I would have like anyone who's had anxiety attacks, it's, it's miserable. It's exhausting, Mm. but I would have eight of them a day. So Mm. fast forward, you know, I kind of pushed it down for a while and then I got pregnant again, a little less than uh, two years apart. Jude and Phoenix are less than two years apart. So Jude was probably like 15 months old when I got pregnant and, um, and literally, uh, that pregnancy, I had really bad anxiety. They got me on Zofran for nausea cause I was so sick. Um, and that medicine actually would help with my anxiety in a weird way. It kind of messes with your serotonin levels. So I started taking it and I would calm down. So I literally, my body got super attached to this medicine. And so when I would try to get off of it, I would have more anxiety attacks. I would have um, just uh, this horrible, like my heart would would go really fast and I would sweat. Like it, it was like I was addicted to this medicine. But that's really, you know, in the church and 
in general, when you get kind of addicted to anything, whether you meant to or not, it's kind of a shame. You feel this shameful thing. And so I kind of hit it for a while. And at one point I was trying to walk myself off this medicine because I'm like, I don't need this anymore. But my body like latched on to it. And I looked at Luke and I said, um, I need help getting off this medicine. Like I, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. My serotonin levels are going crazy. I felt suicidal. I like all these things you don't want to talk about. Right. Like, but are real. Yeah. They're real. They're real. People are experiencing it right now. Listening to you. Like they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, this is real. Like, you're helping her right now. I can't get off this medicine. So mm. I literally looked at him and I'm like, I don't know what to do. I was so pregnant with um, Phoenix. I was seven months pregnant at this point. Still couldn't get off the medicine. And so I literally, Luke checked me in to a facility that was an outpatient facility. So I wasn't an inpatient, but they were like, Hey, you're pregnant. We need to get you off this medicine safely for you and the baby. Um, I know you probably don't want to do that, but, and at that point I did because you feel like you're dying. Your, your, your heart is going crazy and you're like, I, I can't do this anymore. There's all this wrapped into the anxiety, but the physical and you're pregnant and the hormones and all your levels are just whacked. Mine were crazy. So, um, I looked at Luke and I'm like, uh, yeah, I need to do this. I, and honestly, that was one of the most humbling moments of my life. Cause Luke had to come off the road, um, to just hang out with Jude and to make sure I was going and that I was okay. And I was getting off of this and I was dealing with the root problem. I, mm-hmm. the root problem had come up to bite me and, um, I was in the facility and I met the most beautiful people. I, um, you know, there's of course alcoholics and, um, other people with other drugs and, um, or just, just bipolar, all these things that you can't control and they're there to get better. And they're there to also find medication if they need it to get better. And man, I found Jesus there. Like it was so beautiful Mm -hmm. that I could just have this place to be so ugly and vulnerable and messy and like, I'm so pregnant and who gets addicted to Zofran? Uh, Like, you know, like my body is attached, right? They're like, who, what are you, you know, you go around, what are you in here for? And it's like, Zofran, (laughs) you know, like, okay. So what did you get to like this root problem in this place? Just this, this fear based root, this anxiety Mm. root, this, um, really I came down to that fear is a spirit. And to not welcome it into my body, to my mind, to my home, um, it, it's kind of this holistic approach of, of the spiritual. Like we don't fight um, flesh and blood, but um, principalities and spirits. That is part of it. But there's also a part of yeah. it. That they're, they're my hormones that are my um, uh, that I have an ad- addicted personality. So I get hooked on, on anything. So get me hooked on the good stuff. Right. Um, also just, I felt like I had to cover up a lot in shame. Like I can't feel this way. Like I can't tell anyone I'm having eight anxiety attacks a day, or I can't tell anyone I can't get off this medication. It all blew up. Everything was out. So, um, getting to that root that I could be vulnerable, that I could be loved in it, that I could be loved in the mess, that Jesus was with me, that um, I had these beautiful people surrounding me, my community that that just loved on us. And they're like, hey, this is okay to be, hey, human. Like, you don't yeah. need to be perfect. Yeah. 
really getting to the root of some stuff I didn't deal with when I was 18, going through just the trauma of ICUs and almost dying. And I had shoved that down and then it resurfaced with uh, Luke's illness. So um, it kind of all came out and it was beautiful because I really believe between Jesus and, and therapy and just a holistic approach. And some seasons you do need medicine to help you. Um, it's not always the goal for everyone, but. Well, I love that through your story, you did seek out professional help, but God can, God use that to reveal, you know, what the core issue was and where you needed to lead on him. And I think that it's this blend that as a church, we need to be a little more comfortable with just like we're comfortable with traditional doctors healing our, you know, diseases, colitis, why not our mental health situations? God has equipped people with this knowledge of how the body's working. So to not be afraid of that um, and to not shame anyone who is seeking that help. um, But to also recognize that just like anything, God's bigger than it and that he, he's the ultimate source. So it's this mixture and it's a beautiful blend that you're displaying and God wasn't quite done with you yet. <laughs> I mean, it was the beginning. If, if that wasn't enough, your own life, your husband's life, let's kick it up a notch. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I told, I told Jesus, I said, Lord, I said, I am okay to be like raw and open for you and to anyone. And you can use all my stuff. Okay. Like here are my guts. And I said, Lord, would you just use all this fear and anxiety stuff? And, and would you multiply it to other people? And I can, I'll share whatever. And, um, and man, he, he was just, he was getting warmed up. He was like, he, he was all about like, Hey, I'm going to give you territory in this. And it's not just for you. It's for all my people. Um, share and to encourage and, um, for healing. So literally fast forward from there, um, found so much healing and, you know, felt like my life was, you know, back on the right track. I felt like I could breathe. I was, I wasn't having anxiety attacks. He had healed me of those. And, um, I just started digging into studying Jesus and just walking that life and sharing vulnerably to people. I just wanting to be a part of whatever God was doing. So, um, just so much heart growth happening the last few years and we got pregnant again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I meet you, I meet meet you when you're pregnant, but they're surprised you're pregnant. Right. Oh, I was so excited. We actually had been trying for a while and it wasn't. But the doctors were like surprised, right? The doctors were surprised because I, when we got our first scan, they went to look at, you know, see, oh, do you have a baby? Is the baby okay? They were quiet. And I was like, is the baby okay? And they're like, yes, but how did you get pregnant? And I'm like, well, you guys know this, like, come on. Like when a mommy loves a daddy, yeah, this is my first Mm -hmm. child. So they literally looked at me and they're like, "Do you have like endometriosis? Do you have like problem? Like how does this happen?" I'm like, "What's going on?" And so then I looked and I saw a huge cyst right next to the baby, off my left ovary, which I had while you know when I had the disease, I had a benign tumor on my left ovary. So I looked again and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Like, it just felt like it tried to take that joy in that moment, you know? Um, Yeah. So literally that was kind of a crazy start to that 
um, pregnancy, but I, you know, I didn't have anxiety through it. So I'm like, Hey, yay, healing. That's great. Uh, I wasn't fearful. Um, we went along, they're like, Hey, let's watch it. The baby seems fine. I'm like, cool. That's, that's great. So we went to Israel. Um, when I was, yeah, yeah, that's where we met. Hey, and I go with sweet little Leo and, um, they said, they're like, you should be fine. Like the cyst is stable, but if you feel this, this means it's twisted or this. And I'm like, cool. It hasn't bothered me. I don't feel it. So I'm going to go. So we're, (laughs) we're flying across the ocean and I start feeling some slight cramping and I'm like, "Eh, you're pregnant. You cramp, you feel stuff. We get out and you know, our hotel was Hey, right where Jesus was walking on water. I thought that was amazing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That night I woke up in pain, but it went away. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. Not right now. But it left. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Okay, cool. We get out, we start walking around doing, you know, our awesome tour, these awesome, beautiful people to tour with, see, you know, walk where Jesus walked. And literally I'm doubled over in pain. And I'm like, please let this be like kidneys or something else. That's not the cyst right now. But Luke looked at me and he's like, Mm. Oh honey, this is exactly what they described. If you're, if it twisted, which totally hurts. And I've had three natural childbirths, but that was like, that's like intense. I was like, this is horrible. So I tried to, you saw me, I was like laying in the back. trying to. Oh, Oh, you were in the bus. I mean, you were so brave. I (laughs) felt so bad for you. So bad for That's you. All I wanted to do, I was like, let me get to the border area and like lay and look out the window and get out for a little bit. Um, so I ended up in the hospital in Jerusalem. And guys, it's like mm. so beautiful. I I feel like I got it like a backstage pass to Israel because their hospitals are great, the people are beautiful, but when you're in pain, it all kind of sucks. So I had to be shipped home mm-hmm. <laughs> through that, and I went back so and I really couldn't walk without pain still. And, um, literally through prayer, the pain went away, but we had to watch it. And they're like, Hey, once you give birth, it probably will dissolve. And I'm like, that would be awesome. So that didn't happen. So like I gave birth to Leo and he's awesome. And it was such a great, you know, labor and delivery with him. And I'm like, but I still have this cyst in there and they keep watching it. And they're like, it's grown. I'm like, how has it grown this thing? And I always joked with Luke, I'm like, at least I don't have one of those cysts that has like hair and teeth and stuff. Cause that stuff can get weird <laughs> <laughs> for real. I'm like, look at, I like Google image. No, stop. I'm kind of a nerd. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. And so really, they're like, well, we don't know what it's full of. We need to get it removed. And that was, I got that email on my 10 year anniversary no. of coming back to life with my disease. I got this email. I'm like, Lord, you're going to do beautiful things this 10-year anniversary. I am open and willing to whatever you have for me. And I get an email like, hey, we need to remove your cyst because it's two pounds now. It's growing. We, It's it's suspicious. And I have an eight-week-old. So I'm like, when am I going to do that? No. You know, like, when? You mm. know how it is. You're no. Breastfeeding. I mean, time, yeah. the whole day is planned. I mean, you're just going from taking care of kids all day long. It's that's not a reality to take care of yourself. Yeah. No. Throw in a surgery with a traveling husband. I'm like, no. cool. Why? <laughs> so I woke up really discouraged in September, uh, September 15th. I woke up so discouraged, but still hopeful. Like, 
Lord, 10 year anniversary. You gave me a bonus life. That's what I call it. I love my bonus life with all my guts. Um, And, you know, I was just taking care of the kids that day and Luke was home, which he's typically not home like on a, on a weekend. Um, And he was mowing the lawn and I had gotten all three boys down for a nap at the same time, which is like Like a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit down for a second. Right. So I sat down, I was outside on our swing and I was reading a book and I had the monitor on and one of my friends texted me. She said, Oh my goodness, like I'm pregnant. And this was a miracle because this is her grace baby. And I had this check in my spirit and I knew it was the Holy Spirit because man, the Holy Spirit is the best parenting tool. Just he's the guy. Um, And I had this check in my spirit to go check on Leo because she told me she was pregnant and I felt in my spirit, I was like, something's wrong. Hmm. Um, And literally was on my anniversary. It just was a big day for me. I already felt huge discouragement. And so I, I literally walked in and I could hear the monitor and it was quiet, but it, it didn't feel right. So I ran into his room and I knew like the Lord had prepared me. He, he had prepared me for this moment. And I know it, I had found Leo and he was dead. Mm-hmm. So I came in, and he was face down and he was just gray, cold, not moving. And I just was looking at him and, um, literally just couldn't, couldn't believe it. So I grabbed him and Luke was outside mowing. So I, I, you know, when you're panicked, you just, you're just reacting. So I grabbed him. I ran outside. I was screaming. Don't even know what I was screaming. Um, just shattered. I was shattered. So I ran outside and he's on the mower and he was like looking at me, smiling, waving. And he sees me holding Leo and Leo's limp. And he just runs off, comes to me. I'm like, call 911. And he's like, okay. So he, he starts doing that. I lay Leo on, on the ground and I look at him and I literally just start screaming prayers. I don't know CPR. I tr- I was doing all the things, but I, I know I'm like, Hey, Jesus told us that we can heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons in his spirit, in his power. So I'm like, I'm laying hands on my child. And I just started praying over him. And I, I literally, I was, you know, you're desperate. You're like, Hey Lord, like you can do this. I can't do this, but I'm not bearing my child. That's what I kept saying. I'm not bearing my child. I'm not doing it. I'm Mm -hmm. not bearing my child. And Luke's watching me and he's like, Courtney, don't like, just stop. Like I, he's gone. Like he literally was like on the phone, like Courtney, he's gone. You know, he had blood on his face. Like it's horrible. So I was doing CPR, blood on my face, screaming, laying hands, praying in the spirit, which freaked Luke out. He's like, I don't even know what's going on over there, but whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. So literally lay hands on him and I back off. I literally take my hands off after praying and he takes a breath. Like mm-hmm. his chest is sunken in and it expands. I see it expand before my eyes and I'm like, yes, Jesus. Yes. You, yes. Keep going. You know? And, and I'm like, Leo, wake up. Like literally I see his eyes. They were gray and they were, and they were really foggy and they, you know how little babies have the shiniest eyes and the shine comes back. And I see him and he makes this, this beautiful cry. And I look at him and I'm like, yes. And Luke is freaking out. Like, we're just like, what just happened? We just saw our son raised from the dead. We just saw him raised from the dead. And then the, the ambulance comes and I pick him up and they're like, 
what happened? And I'm like, well, he wasn't breathing and I, he was dead. And then I prayed for him and he's alive. And so they, they would call it SIDS, but near SIDS because they don't know why. Um, and so we get in the ambulance and we're getting everything checked out and I'm just holding him. I'm like, Lord, he's alive. Like you have done it again. Like you are so faithful. You've done it again. But we also found out in the, in the waiting room, they said his skull is fused shut. He was born with his skull fused shut, which is called craniosyneocentosis, which they can't say, you know, um, that his skull, because it was kind of shaped like a football and it was heavy in the back. It could be why he rolled and got stuck. They can't, you know, doctors can't say, but I, in my heart, in my mommy heart, I'm like, I really believe that. Um, and so then we're on this journey, literally run one after the other. I'm like, my baby was dead and I held him dead. And then I saw him come to life. And then now I'm like, his, his skull, like what's wrong now? Like <laughs> what, like, what are we doing now? So, which at that point, I'm like, I don't even care because Jesus is so much greater than all of that. Um, mm. So they tested everything. They tested, because I was afraid of brain damage, uh, you know, because lack of yeah. oxygen, all this yeah. stuff, nothing. Yeah. It was totally, totally perfect, which was just so humbling because Luke and I, um, not everyone's story is that way. And I've had friends lose babies. I've had friends miscarry. I've had friends pray and that not happen. And that feels super heavy on me, you know, cause I'm like, well, why, why my baby? But those are, those are God sized questions and totally welcome. Um, but I'm like, all I know is my baby is alive and now we need to figure out his skull because you know, what in the world? So <laughs> Like you can't catch next up breath. rare disease, colitis, <laughs> random cysts that's two pounds, baby skull. I mean, yeah. So whose surgery goes first, skull or my? Oh my gosh! Um, literally, uh, he he literally just had the surgery what three months ago. So we went in, and um, I just you know what I'm so grateful for is. Like he died, but he came back to life. But my fear died. Like my mm. fear died. I'm like, I'm really not, I'm not afraid. Cause that's kind of the biggest fear as a mom. And I feel like as moms, we have, we have a lot of fear and anxiety. We carry a lot. You know, we, we have these little people that we're in charge of and discipling. And, um, man, it, it gets exhausting and it gets hard. And, we're thinking of everything. And I just love, I just felt like the Lord just filled me um, with himself, like as a mom, like, Hey, you know, I have, I have given you um, not the spirit of fear, you know, but of love and power and a sound mind. And I needed a sound mind when I was struggling with anxiety and he gave me a sound mind, but like that he has given us power through his Holy spirit and to walk that out as a mom in everyday life just really hit me hard because fear, fear is just huge, right? Um, yeah. Ugly, dark monster. So um, we walked into his surgery and I was waiting in the waiting room and just probably abnormally happy and just relaxed because my trust, you know, your trust bonds 
had grown. Like my trust had just blossomed and bloomed in new, new ways with Jesus. Um, I mean, obviously when you hand your child over to the surgeon, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit here for a second and cry because this sucks. And I'm, you know, it's like I've a lost him once. Yes. Yes. It's the yeah. fear. But, but then the surrender of these, these are not, they're not mine. They're yours. They're yours, Scott. Like these kids are yours. And I want to be faithful in, um, in raising them and teaching them, but they're yours. And so just laying him again, like I felt like I was laying him on an altar again, like, okay, he, here he is, fix him, heal him all the way. Cause I was still praying like, Lord, heal his skull. Like he raised him from the dead. Like don't even use the knives. Right. Cause he can do it. But he like we don't even need surgery now because you can do, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so, but he didn't choose to heal him that way. And this was, this was the better way and I trust him. But um, he was only in there three hours versus five and, and um, kind of take his skull off, rearrange it, put it back on. And now it's like he has this beautiful round head uh, with his brain to have room to grow. Um, he's doing so many new things. It's just such, so beyond, so beyond what I could have thought or imagined with him. So crazy. So crazy. Courtney. So crazy. Oh, I know. Atlanta. And what a testimony, like you said, I mean, fear can, can paralyze us. It can motivate us wrongly in our parenting. Um, yes, totally. and there's so much freedom when it's gone, there's so much freedom to actually enjoy them. Our kids, (laughs) like, do you see a difference in how you interact with all of your boys before and after that incident? Oh, totally. Totally. I, you know, because my, our boys know what happened, but for them to like witness that too, just like the power, the power of Jesus. Um, I, I feel a lot of freedom because I'm just not scared. And, and sometimes our lives become really small. If you are, if you've ever had an anxiety disorder or you're living in fear, your, your, your world becomes a cell eventually. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to keep you in this cell that's very small. And, um, he just wants you there And the Lord, of course, wants you to be like, running through a field like a child. He wants you to be carefree in him because he carries your burdens and um, to literally just look to him for all of your trust. And that, I mean, in everyday life, it, the rubber hits the road. So it's like, I'm not afraid if my poor second child, he's so accident prone, but like if his arm pops out of socket, which it does because he's wild, (laughs) it's like not the end of the world. It's going to be okay. Let's go get this fixed. I think I just, I react calmer. I, um, I'm more prayerful with, with everything, obviously. Uh, I think just asking the Lord for heavenly solutions in my everyday life of parenting. So it's like, Hey, why does my kid keep waking up in the middle of the night when I'm doing X, Y, or Z? Sometimes I just feel the Lord say, ask me, like, ask me and, and I'll help you. Um, so in everyday life, I've seen a, a change in, in cherishing my babies, like all of them, um, just more gratitude, just immense gratitude for, for their lives. And, um, but also, uh, I feel, uh, more of a, 
not heaviness, but a responsibility. I really just want to train them in the way of Jesus. And if I give them that, then that's enough. And some days that is enough. Some days it's like I have breast milk stained on my shirt and maybe I've eaten breakfast and my kids are fighting and my baby's crying. Um, but if I can give them Jesus, if I can give them, show them who the Holy spirit is, like all those things, those are, those are things that go beyond, um, me as a parent, like they're going to outgrow me, but they're not going to outgrow them. So sometimes I think my, my parenting style has gotten more focused, if that makes sense. Yeah. For the young mom who's in the same place as you, what would that look like to show them Jesus in your day? Like between the meal time and the nap times and the sibling rivalry, like what, how does, how is, how do you do that? You know, um, waking up during the day, I really, we were around the breakfast table and we pray. Um, I love right now reading just some of the, like Matthew, the book of Matthew has just the miracles of Jesus. And I've been reading a lot of that to the boys. Just feel like that's where we're supposed to study right now. So we're in. So um, for me, it's prayer. Prayer is very central in our life. And even as the kids, like the kids will now go about their day breathing prayers. Like they'll stop and go, if their friends hurt, dear Jesus, would you heal my friend? And then, Mm. you know, and go along. So I think teaching your children, showing your children that prayer is powerful and effective in that the Lord hears them, the Lord hears you, um, just ask, like, ask your needs. So I think prayer is just huge. And it's, it's simple. You can do that. You can do that half awake. (laughs) I've done it half awake. Uh, Showing them that there's a real God. There's a real God. We know his name. We call to him in all circumstances in gratitude and in need and um, in unbelief and all the places we are that we can call out on his name is modeling that. And then you said worship. How's that? Yes, worship. So I feel like worship was a big tool and still is a big tool in my life when combating fear and anxiety. Sometimes you just got to dance, okay? (laughs) Um, I, I literally will put on some Bethel worship and I'm like, guys, let's just worship the Lord. And, and there's something about childlike worship that shuts up the enemy. Mm-hmm. It just does. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know what? You're telling me a bunch of junk in my head, but you have no acreage in my mind. So leave. I'm going to celebrate who God is, what the truth is. And you can do that together. Like, Hey, mommy's having a worship break. Uh, join me. Cool. And you know, they like instruments and stuff. So if they jam out, they call it, they're like, let's jam out. So they do that or they'll <laughs> dance. And so worship, I think showing them, um, a style, like a, like a lifestyle of worship and it's a powerful tool, um, prayer and singing. And so those are two big things in our life that we do every day, um, that they, that they now do kind of without thinking about it, which is pretty cool to see and, and really powerful to see in moments where maybe I'm not doing it and, they might feel tension and they do it. Mm, so yeah, really sweet. Yeah. And you handle Luke traveling. I feel like from afar really well. (laughs) Is that the reality or do you ever, you know, I, when my husband traveled, I would get resentful or, I mean, it's exhausting. What? 
Oh, I've had seasons of that. I mean, it's been years. So it's like, you know, and you mature. So uh, there's been times where I kind of had a pity party. There were, there were seasons when I had a pity party. Um, There were seasons where I was like, I was like, that's cool. Like you do your thing. (laughs) Um, And then there were seasons where I was like, you know, I want to go with you and I want to be able to do this. And so I've had all of it. Um, he, we're really, uh, deliberate about going out as a family too, sometimes like, so you saw us out, we were like a circus. So it's like Jude's out, out, Leo's on, you know, I'm carrying the baby carrier and it's late and we're doing it. Um, so I've had all, I've had to realize I can't, as a mom, I can't do everything with him. I can't travel all the time. Um, so I've, I feel like we're striking a balance of, okay, you go do this trip. Okay. He's so good. Luke is so good about one-on-one time with the boys. So he'll take a boy out with him. Like, so Phoenix is going to go out on the road and just pour into that, that life. Um, which then I can be, you know, zoned in on the other two and make that special. Um, there, I've really had to overcome some anxiety with, with being at home while he's gone, um, with all the kids. So, you know, you, you feel the responsibility of like, what if this happens and I'm here and I'm here alone, but then the Lord reminds me, Hey, like I'm with you. So right now I think the Lord is still nudging me. Like just because everyone's coupled off on a weekend with their families and, and you're here with the kids, I'm with you. And like, is that enough? Is my, is my presence enough? And he's, I really have been feeling him in tangible ways um, that just encourage me because yeah, I, it, like, I think what the common thing we can do as wives, especially when we're parenting is try to make our spouse the problem or the enemy. Right. And I think they're not like we're, we're a team. Like we can't go, well, this is easier for you and blah, blah, blah. Like, I really feel like Satan loves when we do that because he's the enemy. Like our spouse is not the enemy and he wants to divide us. So, um, I really, yeah, I think sometimes I'm, I'm good. And then sometimes I'm not because that's life, right? (laughs) That would be more real. Like that's honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's honest. It's like, Hey, sometimes I'm like, cool. I'm going to hang out with a girlfriend or, um, make special time. And some other times I cry when he leaves. I think I still cry when he leaves probably at least half the time. So, and that's not fun, (laughs) but it's because I love him and I love time with him, but I also love what he does and I see the purpose and I feel a part of the purpose. Um, so that makes it easier is, is loving on the brokenhearted, um, singing songs about Jesus and sharing that. I'm like, that's totally worth it. And I love what you told me about your role and the team. Because the band, I mean, you've got all these brothers. I don't know. If you all want to hear more about the Small Bone family, their origin, I interviewed their mom. And she just talks about how they all pitch in. And they do. They all pitch yeah. in. And they all have a role. And they all play it. And even the wives. And so your role in all of this, um, which may, like it bothers me sometimes when certain gifts of the church are undervalued. <laughs> or less mm, important, like the totally. stage roles versus the behind the scene roles. Um, yes, I'm the same way. I'm an underdog girl. I'm like, come on. You have this role that you told me about. And I think we don't highlight this gift of the spirit enough mm. um, as a body of Christ. It's, it's, 
equally important (laughs) as the teachers, as the ministers on the stage. So what did you tell me? Sorry. So (laughs) catch the girl up listening. She's like, who, what is the role? What's the role? (laughs) I feel like hanging on the edge. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a ribbon dancer. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Only. Uh, So my role, I feel like has changed over the years. It's been like, you know, I've done the lighting. I've done passing out the pamphlet, like the little cards. I've I've sung on albums. I've sung on tours. Uh, you know, I've done merchandise. I've done it all. Because when you're a small bone, we're yeah. all in. We're yeah. all hands on. I love it. So recently, just, you know, when you have a little baby, I'm typically the first one awake on the bus and we're always pulling into a new city. So I have Leah with me. I make my cup of coffee and we sit and I love looking out the window and looking at the people and seeing the city and getting a feel for it and praying, just praying like, Lord, what do you want to do tonight? What are the needs here as a city, as, you know, individuals, how can we minister? How can we meet needs? How can we see you move? And I feel like right now, um, it's a very, it's a, yeah, it's a very quiet, private, um, intimate role that, um, I really enjoy with the Lord of he'll just kind of tell me, Hey, there's someone who's suicidal here tonight. Can you like, and I'll just tell Luke, Hey, I kind of feel this is going on in the atmosphere, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Go after it. And right? he listens to you. And he listens to doesn't think that's bonk and like the crazy lady. Like, sure. <laughs> Not after God, <laughs> kind of like, I listen to you now. <laughs> <laughs> You've got some cred. You're <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Okay. I'll go listen. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. So he's he literally is like, okay, cool. Or, um, like I'll, I'll just stand in the arena, pray for people. I love, I think worship breaks open doors. And so I loved when Bethel would open and yeah. I would just stand there and worship and just celebrate and, and pray for the people. And sometimes I'll, you know, we circle up in the band before they go on. We always pray. We have devotions before that too, but, um, I'll pray for them. And, and, uh, man, we just, we want to see people meet Jesus, know Jesus, have Jesus, you know, meet their needs and their brokenness. And, um, just, you know, when you're in his presence, you're changed, like in his presence, he can do anything. So that's kind of what feels like is my role these days is prayer is, um, just listening to him, you know, and sometimes you have to get just really quiet and still to do that. And, um, you know, I like to do that before my other two are awake. Otherwise I'm kind of chasing, chasing everyone around. Um, but I, I see how prayer does change atmospheres. And so, um, I think as moms in your home, uh, that's really important. Like, um, just change, you can change your atmosphere. Um, in that way, as you're raising your little disciples, um, and I love doing that for arenas, but I love, I do that at home. I do that wherever the grocery store, wherever the Lord is like, pray for this right now. And, um, okay. So I have this feeling like I want you to pray right now for the person, the people listening. Okay. Are you good with that? Let's do it. And, and for the, fe- you know, we talk about fear and anxiety. Yeah. And if any of your story stirred up like a fear that, that her child have SIDS or whatever, his yeah. husband gets sick or yeah. she gets sick. Like, let's just oh, yes, get that rid of that. Yes. Let's just pray over that. Yes. Dear Jesus, we just come to you and we are just so grateful to be your children. And we are grateful for um, not only the grace you've given us, that you've you've given us yourself, but that you um, exceedingly abundantly 
blow our minds in our lives. And I just pray right now for all the listeners, all the moms, all the, the weariness, the, the raw places of exhaustion and of carrying weights that, um, that are yours to carry for us, Father. And so right now we surrender um, control. We um, surrender to you, Jesus. And I just um, tell the spirit of fear to leave over these households, over these um, over the parenting, over fear of SIDS, over fear of your child will um, have a crazy illness, over fear of your husband's will um, be sick, over just sickness. Lord, we just know that you hold the key to death, to um, illness, to all of those things, and we just send that away. And we just ask that you would flood these homes, flood these moms with your Holy Spirit, that they would hear you, that you would give them heavenly solutions to their baby waking a million times a night, to um, their child who gets sick and they freak out because there's a root of fear, um, to the mom who's dealing with OCD, who is just a germaphobe and now has a bunch of kids and is triggered all the time, um, that you are you're just so much more father. And we just, um, know that anxiety is not from you. Fear is not from you. And we just surrender to you and we just, um, receive your love for us and your grace for us as moms that, that we yell, we get upset that we're not perfect, but Lord, we know that you cover us with your, with your son, that when you see us, you see your son and that we could walk in grace and not fear. And that we could walk in love and that we could, um, Display this for our babies, for our um, our children, that they don't need to be perfect. We just release imperfection to you, that we can't be a size two and look amazing with our hair and and you know not get angry and make all the gluten free dishes. Lord, that is not real, but we can sit at your feet, and Lord, mm. let us do the best thing, not just the good thing. The best thing is to receive from you and to let our lives flow out of us to our children, to our children's children, to um, our friends, to whoever you who you have in our path as moms. We're not on stages, Jesus, but we we want you to flow through us in our everyday life. And um, Jesus, you are an everyday father. You are an everyday need um, meter. You meet these needs. And Lord, I just um, pray a blessing over these moms as they listen to this, that they would just feel your love and feel your um, grace for them uh, as your women, as your ladies of God, but also as mothers who you just think are precious and who are doing huge, amazing, world-changing jobs, and that you would just strengthen them through your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Yes. All the yes. Yes. <laughs> Hands in the Receive air. It. Receive it. Oh, my stars. Courtney, thank yes, you for Lord. taking time today. Oh, I'm so happy to. It's just like we're hanging out, chatting, drinking coffee. Oh, we would. My baby's going to wake up. <laughs> you know, we would have had too much fun. If you would have stuck around, it would have been too much fun. I would have had to move to Nashville. It would have been a mess. I know. It would have, it literally would have happened. <laughs> now you're probably going to 
game going on. Phoenix is now like behind me. He's like, now I'm right behind you. This is taking too long. All right. Well, I think you're great. I love your people. And we'll talk to you soon. It was so good. Okay. Thanks, Court. Okay. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Right? Okay. Phew. Here we go. Oh, man. For reals. And if you want to go on a little more of an emotional stint, pull up on Google the song Without You. Courtney sings with her husband, Luke, and it was written um, soon after his sickness. And it's unbelievable if you're in a season right now with a loved one who is not well and you're not seeing God's healing in this moment, you will feel some empathy and camaraderie with Courtney and Luke. Uh, It's a super powerful song, really well-written song, but oh man, it gets me every single time. It's called Without You from the second album by Freaking Country, Run Wild, Live Free, I think it's called. Run Wild, Live Free, Love Strong. Uh, And they're coming out with a third album, and Courtney said that there's going to be a song on there uh, based on some of the things that she and Luke have gone through um, with her sickness and with... Anyway, so it's going to be... Just keep your eyes open for that. Uh, Also, if you are someone and you've experienced infant loss and your baby did not come back to life, I want you to know... Um, obviously you're not alone. And in a couple weeks, I will have an episode for Infertility Awareness Week, and I'll bring on a friend who has um, has lost a lot of a lot of babies. And I, I'm just praying that you, um, you know, like Courtney said, these are big God questions, and we don't know why. We don't know why He chooses life for some and not for others. I think the key is that we don't turn our anger and sadness uh, at him, but we bring it to him that we say, I'm angry and I'm sad and he can handle all of that. You can ask him why you can do all of those things. He can handle it, but, but to bring it to him and the seasons I've had of grief and sadness, I have found so much comfort that he will bring me through people, through his word, through times with him in quiet and, um, I wouldn't get that comfort from him if I didn't turn to him. So whatever season you're in, if you are personally battling an autoimmune disease, a spouse is sick that you're caring for, a child you love is not well, may you find his comfort. Okay, that's all for this week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.